Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading the book of Obadiah from the World English Bible. The Vision of Obadiah This is what the Lord Yahweh says about Edom. We have heard news from Yahweh, and an ambassador is sent among the nations, saying, Arise, and let's rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made you small among the nations. You are greatly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you, you who dwell in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, who says in his heart, Who will bring me down to the ground? Though you mount on high as the eagle, and though your nest is set among the stars, I will bring you down from there, says Yahweh. If thieves came to you, if robbers by night, oh, what disaster awaits you? Wouldn't they only steal until they had enough? If grape pickers came to you, wouldn't they leave some gleaning grapes? How Esau will be ransacked, how his hidden treasures are sought out. All the men of your alliance have brought you on your way, even to the border. The men who were at peace with you have deceived you and prevailed against you. Friends who eat your bread lay a snare under you. There is no understanding in him. Won't I in that day, says Yahweh, destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the mountain of Esau? Your mighty men, Teman, will be dismayed to the end that everyone may be cut off from the mountain of Esau by slaughter. For the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame will cover you, and you will be cut off forever. In the day that you stood on the other side, in the day that strangers carried away his substance, and foreigners entered into his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, even you were like one of them. But don't look down on your brother in the day of his disaster, and don't rejoice over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Don't speak proudly in the day of distress. Don't enter into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Don't look down on their affliction in the day of their calamity, neither seize their wealth on the day of their calamity. Don't stand in the crossroads to cut off those of his who escape. Don't deliver up those of his who remain in the day of distress. For the day of Yahweh is near all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. For as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so will all the nations drink continually. Yes, they will drink, swallow down, and will be as though they had not been. But in Mount Zion there will be those who escape, and it will be holy. The house of Jacob will possess their possessions. The house of Jacob will be a fire. The house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. They will burn among them and devour them. There will not be any remaining to the house of Esau. Indeed, Yahweh has spoken. Those of the south will possess the mountain of Esau, and those of the lowland, the Philistines. They will possess the field of Ephraim and the field of Samaria. Benjamin will possess Gilead. The captives of this army of the children of Israel, who are among the Canaanites, will possess even to Zarephath, 
and the captives of Jerusalem who are in Zepharad will possess the cities of the Negev. Saviors will go up on Mount Zion to judge the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom will be Yahweh's. That is the end of the book of Obadiah. Well, it really helps to have recently been reading through much of the Old Testament history before reading these books of prophecy. Here, Obadiah doesn't identify himself other than to give his name. A note in the New King James Version says that Obadiah means a worshiper or servant of Yahweh. Since many Hebrew names in the Bible have these types of meanings, there's no reason to think this is supposed to be some cryptic part of the prophecy, especially since it isn't explained or tied into the prophetic presentation. The bulk of the prophecy is about Edom, the nation descended from Esau. You can read about that beginning in Genesis 25:30, where the name Edom is basically a slight, an insult to Esau's character for selling his birthright for red stew. And then in Genesis 36, it again specifies that this name is connected with the nation and the land they occupy. Although Esau received Jacob in brotherly affection in Genesis 33, in Numbers 20, the people of Edom refused to let the wandering people of Israel pass peacefully through their land. However, in both Deuteronomy 2, verses 4 and 5, and Joshua 24, 4, it says that God told Israel not to attack Edom or to try to take so much as a footbreadth of their land because he, God, had given it to them. And that land is then known as Seir. But Edom were not the people chosen for the special mission of showcasing God's law and to be the lineage of the Messiah. They were, however, cared for. This is one reason why the verses about Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated need to be understood as a comparison. You can see this in Romans 9.13 and Malachi 1 verses 2 through 3, which is actually what's being quoted in Romans. And this is like the comparison where Jesus uses this same terminology in Luke 14.26, talking about hating your father and mother in comparison to him, because obviously we're still supposed to honor our father and mother. This is important to understand so that it is clear that this judgment is not because Edom slash Esau was hated, as we often use the word in our day and age, but because of the choices they made, which are clearly explained to them here. It begins with verse 3, talking about their pride deceiving them. Similarly, Proverbs 16.8 talks about pride going before a fall, and 1 Timothy 3.6 says not to take an, a new immature Christian and put them in leadership so that they don't fall because of their pride. We have other examples of pride being a problem, the example of Haman in Esther 3.5, um, and then there's the example of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4.30. Also, Proverbs 11.2 and 17.19 talk about pride and Isaiah 2 verses 11 through 12. So this all highlights that Edom was not unique in this fault. In their particular case, they think themselves untouchable because of their high habitation, but Yahweh says they can't go high enough that he can't bring them down. And then he also compares the judgment to being more thorough than that which purely earthly or selfish adversaries would do in, uh, as if they were thieves or just coming to steal some grapes. And it will be in part because they are betrayed by people they trusted. 
In context, verse 8 can't be talking about men of godly wisdom, but rather those who consider themselves wise or shrewd in the ways of the world. And when you see that the next part talks about not even the mighty escaping, you can see that Yahweh is making the point that neither physical strength nor intelligence are going to help them. And then we get specifics that also help place this prophecy on the timeline as being after the captivity of Judah. Edom joined in the destruction. God had not called them to be part of it. They instead should have treated the descendants of Jacob as brothers in need. They should not have celebrated or gloated over the disaster. This got me to thinking about both verses in 2 Thessalonians 1, 6-9 and Revelation 6:10, where it talks about looking forward to the justice of those who have persecuted or killed the believers, where such punishment is spoken of as a good thing and even something the martyrs ask for. So what is the difference here? One, the people of Edom were not following God in any kind of faith. Two, they were not looking for righteous judgment. They were simply looking for chances to loot. Three, they were not following guidance to destroy wickedness like the Israelites had been um, when they entered the land of Canaan. And even like the foreigners or Babylon have been prophesied, they are specifically being used by God. Four, in fact, it is assumed in the text, the way it's presented, that Edom should have known how they should have behaved. They may not have been recipients of the law, but they were descended from Abraham and Isaac and had that example of faith in their lineage. So Edom will end up being a ma- bad example of Matthew seven twelve, or you might say a negative example where Jesus talks about doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Then we are given the ironic prophecy from Edom's point of view, that Israel, the house of Jacob, the house of Joseph, or the terms used to specify that, will possess or rule Edom in the end. There won't be any rulers from the house of Edom. In verse 19, a note in the New King James Version says that the capitalized South there in the New King James Version and in the World English Bible is Negev in Hebrew. And that is what I found in Strong's Greek lexicon on the blueletterbible.org. If you look at maps 36 and 37 in the American Bible Society Bible Atlas that I have and have mentioned before, you see several areas in the southern part of Judah that use Negev this or that. They say Negev this or that. And it seems like it is similar to how we put south in front of names to be more specific about a region. Anyway, it shows that this is referring to the southern inhabitants of future Israel controlling that area, which makes sense because Edom is southeast of the Dead Sea. So with the Philistines to the east, Zarephath north of Tyre and Phoenicia, and Gilead being northwest, we get a good view of the borders that there will be. The word translated saviors in verse 21 is the common word choice throughout all the translations, although the NIV does use deliverers. The fact that it is plural indicates that it is talking about others who have been involved in what is going on, the battle and such, and then they will judge Edom. It's a common variation of the word save used throughout the whole Bible. And the kingdom will be Yahweh's. That will be good. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.